here we are, the Backstreet Boys are back. Um, now, it's a bit funny this week. We're all all over the place, aren't we? I think Matt's actually out of the country, isn't he? He's not involved, but I am here. This is Bayo, and I'm, I'm here with my brother. I'm Jodie. So what have we got coming up today, Jodie? Well, it's a bit of a funny time of the year in athletics, isn't it? Like, we're all twiddling yeah. our thumbs waiting for something to happen. Um, the track season's finished. Everyone's gone back into training. The cross-country season hasn't properly started. Um, indoors won't start till after Christmas. So we're kind of stuck in a... Kind of like a middle ground. What are we going to do with ourselves? It's kind of that road running marathon season, isn't it? But to be yeah. totally honest, I, I am not up on the road running marathon things at the moment. Um, I feel like road runners and marathon kind of feels like a totally separate sport, doesn't it, to the to what's going on in the track? They don't seem to have that much overlap between track and roads. And well, I, think, God, well, I, don't, I don't really know who, who everybody is at the moment. Well, the thing is, with um, the people who do road running nowadays, they often don't run on the, on the track at all. So, I mean, I know we've made a lot of comment about how Mo hasn't had the greatest competition over the last few years because a lot of people just do the roads. Um, they don't yeah. do that kind of apprenticeship on the track before moving up to marathon. They either go straight to marathon or they don't go to marathon at all. They're busy making shitloads of money doing half marathons all over the world. So, yeah, I mean, some of the people who are running really fast, setting world records um, at half marathons, I've literally never heard of. I wouldn't know them if I fell over them. Well, this morning, um, we're recording this on the Sunday, um, Jocelyn Jepkoski from Kenya has set a world half marathon record in Valencia, and I was like, who? And I looked her up, and it turns out she set a world half marathon record earlier this season as well. And in Prague, that's right, oh, you know more than I do. And um, when you look at the the sort of top 10 or top 20 for the half marathon, it's all made up in the last sort of like five years. So it's all kind of pretty brand new people and not a lot of names that you know, Mary Katani. But other than that, the the sort of famous names are going back 10, 15, 20 years before you get to them on the rankings. That world half marathon record relatively Um, recently. That that, that that does ring a bell. Yes, it does. But um, on the whole, it's not like a lot of um, sort of well-known names. But as we say, you make more money on the roads, don't you? So, of course. Um, when Mo does go to the roads, finally, um, and full-time, he may be in for a bit of a shock. We may all be in for a bit of a shock, won't we? Because I yeah, think he's yeah. thinking that he's going to go out there and just you know win like he has on the track. But I think the competition is a lot, lot stronger out there on, on the road yeah, than definitely. it is on the track. Um, and we don't really see them either, do we? It's like there's not a lot of... Yeah, they're not often on TV. Yeah, so it's very difficult to... Um, I mean, I wouldn't know... I don't even know her name, the lady who just set the world record this morning. And I just saw... Jocelyn Jeff Remember that name. Jocelyn Jeff Coscate. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know if I fell over her. No. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll have to wait and see. But Because um, it's not televised that much, although I suspect it will be now. Now Mo's going to the roads, we'll probably get oh, a true, lot yeah. more road running. <laughs> <aren't we? laughs> I, I don't even know when the last time the world... Um, half marathon was on, or certainly don't is think it was on, on TV. Is it, is it connected with another marathon? Half marathon? Yeah, there's something, and it changed, didn't it? It was, used to be every two years. Who knows? Haven't they changed it from the World Half Marathon to the World Road Running Championships or something? Something like that. This was it in Denmark? I mean. It's very confusing, isn't it? You know, it's, 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 when, when people like ourselves who watch anything, you know, are, are confused, no wonder the, the rest of the world isn't quite up to, up to speed with the sport. Um, but anyway, enough of us talking about something we know nothing about. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Sally Pearson, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. You know, as I say, there's not that much on at the moment. Um, we've been talking about, you know, between ourselves, we've been talking about some of the things that we liked most about um, the past um, year, or certainly part of the past summer. Um, 
One thing I was really interested in was the sort of reassignment with medals. Um, there's been so much going on recently, you know, especially with all the, the Russian drug scandals. You know, so many people have had new medals passed over to them. And they did that great thing at the um, World Championship this year where people, and it wasn't just British people, you know, it was people from all around the world came and were given their medals in a stadium um, with huge crowds, stood on the podium, um, had an anthem played, even if you got your bronze medal, you know, you still got your anthem played. And it was a great, great innovation for... Yeah, it you know, certainly was. And what made it even nicer was, yeah, there was a lot... I mean, there was a lot of British people's medals reallocated. So, I mean, that's kind of why they did it. But they didn't just allocate the British medals. Yeah. They had people from all over the world coming to get a medal that they didn't get. And some people, like, just really random. Like, <laughs> some people couldn't make it. Um, some people were pregnant or couldn't fly, et cetera, et cetera. So not everybody was there. But it was really nice. And to see what it meant to people to actually be given a medal in a stadium with a massive crowd and people cheering, how it should have been the first time round. And there's been way too many stories of people getting it in the post. I know the British relay team from, was it 97? It just appeared um, in, in the post one day, or they got given it in a car park or something like that. So it's really nice. I mean, I know there's way too much discussion of drugs. Like, it literally overshadows the whole sport. And I do understand why sometimes the powers that be feel like we don't want to publicise the negatives of the sport. But doing it this way turns it into a positive. Absolutely. In the sense that it's not, it shouldn't be about people who failed test it should be about um testing that's working and the athletes that should get in their just rewards after all these years it's a very precarious kind of tightrope they've got to walk um but i feel like it was definitely a step in the right direction well obviously it's something we're never going to know about personally because we're never going to be winning any medals anywhere are we um but i I speak to a few people who are have actually been involved people have had reallocated medals and people who maybe got the opportunity to to stand on that podium Here's my little segment speaking to some of the British team who have had reallocated medals or medal ceremonies over the summer. Of all the people who've like sort of benefited from all the kind of drug scandals that have gone on in the last few years, I mean, you were penalised originally for losing lots of medals. You now seem to be getting lots back. Um, have you received them all yet? No, I haven't actually. I'd love to receive my European medal from 2010 in Barcelona. Um, I was actually at the meeting in Henglo this season and I saw Yvonne Hack, the Dutch girl, get upgraded from the silver to the gold. Um, and I saw Klikova, um, the Slovenian girl, get upgraded from a fourth she got the bronze and I've still got a bronze at home in my cabinet so I kind of don't know how you get the medal I don't know who's responsible for it so I'll need to ask a few questions so I know I'm definitely due that upgrade and um, yeah I need to know how I get that medal I really feel like the IAAF or you know British Athletics or whatever it is there needs to be some kind of proper procedure for this doesn't there because it feels a bit at the moment that people get an upgrade and it just turns up in a envelope or like you don't get it at all or officially you know you're down on the on the list as having got that medal but you actually want that medal in your yeah, hand, don't absolutely you? yeah so I don't know what the procedure is um so you know as an athlete I've kind of watched the other two girls get the medals and now I think well where's mine so yeah I'll definitely have to make a little bit of noise and and ask out you know how that um, actually happens but um yeah there's two bronze medals that exist at the moment so I, I'm obviously definitely due do that silver medal but you know I'm, I am a massive fan of the sport um I love watching I love you know seeing 
great you know competitive events which is, is great and unfortunately we have had that time where people have doped I think I must have had my head under you know the soil because I didn't realize it was as big as it was oh I did oh, did you? <laughs> but you know I'm still I'm still hopeful I'm still a fan of the sport I still love it and I still think that you know people can actually you know win medals if you're a clean athlete sure. so I think we've got a that's a positive message cool. Luckily, Jenny has now received her European silver medal. She got it last week, which is fantastic news. She's also found out that she's due a bronze medal from the 2009 World Championships, where she ran in the heat of the relay. Um, that hasn't yet arrived, so she's still got that to look forward to. Um, one athlete who hasn't been quite so lucky is Goldie Sayers. Now, an Olympic medal is the pinnacle of the sport, and um, Goldie is due um, one from the javelin in 2008. Initially, she came fourth, but that has since been upgraded. Um, I spoke to her about her experience with um, the system and how it's affected her career. So I'm here with um, Olympic bronze medalist Goldie Sayers. Um, have you actually received your medal yet? Uh, not as yet, so yet to be confirmed. Uh, so hopefully I will have it one day but I haven't got it in my pocket right now. So we all know that a Bakamova um, failed a test in 2008 and you've been upgraded, but is that, you're saying it's not officially happened yet? Well, she's appealed against that, uh, so I just have to wait. It, at the moment, it's I'm, you know, it, the whole case is embroiled in a legal process, and obviously, lawyers take their time. So I'm hoping uh, they can't say when this is happening officially because it's a legal process. So I just have to wait. Sure. Now, this week at the World Championships, we've seen people being upgraded in the stadium, anthems, podiums, you know, a proper ceremony, which hasn't happened before. It's the first time. How do you feel about this kind of innovation? I think it's brilliant. I mean, at least it, you know, it's absolutely, I mean, it's fantastic and I think it should be really applauded because people have a moment and I think that's the biggest thing with all the retrospective doping um, and reallocation of medals is those athletes don't get that moment that they missed out on at the time and whilst it doesn't make up completely for that, it goes definitely some way towards that and even, and even Jess who's, you know, been on top of the podium numerous times, you could see that she was incredibly grateful and very emotional for that moment and, and kind of drew a line under her career because I know that was a really tough medal, gold medal to lose out on for her. Um, I think we've heard a lot of stories about people receiving them in the post and in car parks and stuff so do you know why it's taken the IWF so long to actually bring this sort of new procedure in? It seems like a sort of obvious thing to do. Um, I have no idea, you'd have to ask them but I, I would love to see the whole legal process being quickened up for the athletes who've lost out because you hear one minute that someone's failed a doping test and then it could be you know two three years down the line that you may or may not get this this medal so um so definitely that the whole process needs to be sped up for sure now yours of course is an olympic medal not a world um do we know this is the process for olympic medals because that hasn't happened yet has it um it's gonna be another four years until there's another olympics no, exactly. So it's under the IOC jurisdiction. So the process is that obviously it all has to be confirmed. Then they notify my governing body. So that would be the British Olympic Association. And then it's down to them to re-award it to me, however they or I see fit or however that works. I don't know. But um, So it's a slightly different jurisdiction to the IWF. But obviously what the IWF have done this week has been fantastic, definitely. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, the one thing they can't do, of course, is change the course of your career, which may indeed 
have been changed by that medal. I remember you said that um, had you got a bronze, maybe you wouldn't have trained so hard the next winter, maybe you wouldn't have got injured. There's not really anything that we can do about that. And certainly also things like you know, sponsorship, which could have made a huge difference to your career. Yeah, I think, I mean, for my personal circumstance, obviously that would have been an Olympic medal from 2008 going into a home game. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure I lost thousands of pounds in sponsorship. I certainly did in bonuses and for the contract I did have in 2008. Um, it's not really about money for me it would have been about the feeling of yeah I'm on the right track I'm doing the right training I'm in the right place I can win medals um, so I'm sure that the confidence element would have it would have definitely kicked in and, and I think it, you know I would have made some different decisions I think it does the problem with doping is that it does cause those athletes who finish four, fifth, six, you know, the likes of myself and I guess, you know, Jenny Meadows and a lot of other guys to think, well, I need to train harder and that's not necessarily the case. I could have carried on doing the same training as I was doing and perhaps picking up other medals um, later on in my career. But at least, you know, I can be retired knowing that, you know, I'm an Olympic medalist, not, you know, a fourth place Olympian, which, which does sit a lot better with me, for sure. <laughs> It's a lot better with all of us, I think. Let's just hope that um, whoever it is who makes that decision can find an appropriate venue to give you, you your medal in a big crowd where we can all of One athlete who was able to get their medal in front of a home crowd and a huge stadium this summer was Martin Rooney. Um, he chose to have his medal awarded at the anniversary games, and I spoke to him about that. Congratulations on your, your two bronze medals you awarded this summer. Um, one of them you got the traditional route, and the other one was a bit more complicated, wasn't it? Um, this is a, a bronze medal you won at the Olympics in 2008 um, after an, a Russian athlete, Denis Alexeyev, I think it was, isn't it? Um, was disqualified. When did you first find out that you were um, being upgraded? Um, the first rumours of the upgrade was uh, actually the year before. So um, 2015, we kind of ended the summer. There was a lot of talk about uh, going back and testing 2008 samples, and Dennis's name popped up on uh, some Russian website. And uh, after a bit of Google Translate, it looked like he'd, uh, he'd failed a drug test from 2008. So um, yeah, it's a bit of a long process, but um, I finally got it, and it's in my house. And and when you, you say you'd heard about it, because this is, this is what happens a lot these days, isn't it? You sort of hear a rumour on Twitter or something, but how does the official like the official news come through? The official news? Um, we finally got a letter from the BOA. Um, that was during this year, so that would be in 20, uh, 2017. And it was... Um, it was basically just saying that they were working towards trying to get it all sorted. Um, to be honest, Andrew Steele was the one who was driving everything. He's one of those go-getting people who kind of gets on with it. And once he's uh, he's got it in his teeth, he got it. He got it. He, he pushed the agenda, I suppose. And uh, yeah, like I'm glad for his effort on top of uh, his effort when he actually ran the, re the race. <laughs> yeah. um, did you have any suspicions at the time? I mean, was it a surprise? It wasn't a surprise. No, <laughs> no. we. Uh, the Russian team at the time, like we'd raced them, um, we'd raced them in uh, at the European Team Championships in in Annecy, and uh, I saw you met my mum actually. You looked after my mum there, um, but they ran 304 maybe 303, and then they went to the Olympics around 258 low, and it was like no, you can't just drop yeah. like, that amount of time. I know like people obviously raise their game and stuff, but at the time we knew like we'd been beaten and it was. Uh, it was a tough. It was a tough one to take, um, especially when at, Olymp at my first Olympics, 
I'd had a good season and the guys all around, we ran incredibly well. And I think it was just such a tough thing to take um, when the team needed the medals as well. Now, I've been speaking to some other athletes, some Goldie Sayers and, and Jenny Meadows have also had upgraded medals. Um, mm-hmm. You, luckily enough, got your medal um, just at the right time because it meant you could get it um, awarded to you in the stadium at the, the anniversary, not the anniversary game, sorry, at the um, World Championships in London, um, which I suppose is, is better than being handed in a, in a corridor, which has happened to some people. Um, yeah. But I hear initially you weren't too keen on being, it being done at the World Championships. You were thinking maybe the anniversary games instead. Why, why yeah. is that? Yeah, so we got it. We got ours at the anniversary games um, because uh, I thought it was disrespectful to the other guys in the relay squad of the current squad. If I was too busy getting medals from previous championships, I didn't want them to think I was losing focus on what I was there to do. So um, uh, I know Ailey, uh, she got her, I think it was a medal from Moscow at the World Championships. But um, I kind of, kind of twisted British Athletics arm and uh, Spencer Bard and all those guys and tried to. I pushed for it to be uh, pre-World Champs. Just, I just, I felt like at the World Champs, I'm there to do one job, and that's there to run well for the the relay. So I didn't want to be distracted by something that happened. It felt like a century ago. Sure, that's really interesting because I had wondered. I remember seeing you at the anniversary games afterwards, and I wondered why you know, it was done there instead of the World Championship. So that was that was on your initiative, yeah. Uh, yeah, between myself and Andrew Steele and. Um, we kind of made it happen. Uh, it was a bit of a rushed one for Bingham. Obviously, he's in, based in the States now and just had a baby uh, baby boy. So um, it was a big trip for him. But it was glad, we were glad to get it done. And like, They did a fantastic job, you know, um, to have... It was a bit weird having the national anthem played for coming third. But uh, <laughs> they really looked after us and looked after all our families, like they, VIPs, treatment and stuff. So it was, um, no, it was a great day. And I did notice you got rid of the beard for the ceremony, didn't you? Yeah, in 2008, I was pretty baby face, so I thought if I try and <laughs> replicate that as best as possible. We, we should, of course, mention your teammates, which was Rob Tobin, um, Andrew Steele, and Michael Bingham. I suppose it makes it extra special to be able to celebrate with with those with those guys as well, rather than just getting an individual medal. Yeah, um, for for me, I, I roomed with Andrew Steele a lot, and I roomed for, with him in 2008, and to be honest, that was probably the person I spent most time with, and we were probably the two kind of heartbroken men in our room. <laughs> when everybody else was partying at the end, we were kind of like just very down and out. So it was great to be on the podium with him. I was very, I've been very fortunate. I've been on the podium with Tobin and, and Bingham separately from that. So um, that wasn't a new experience. But to actually be on there with Andrew, and he's a good friend, someone I like. I still we still keep in contact. So um, it was, that was brilliant. I, and uh, I think like he he said it himself. Like he kind of he finished his career without any medals. And then to go back, it kind of like, look, I am an Olympic medalist, and yeah. I'm just glad to share that moment with him. Now, what are your thoughts on the overall sort of innovation of giving out the medals at the major championships? Um, this is the first time it's happened. Um, were you a fan of the whole idea, and how do you think it should um, happen going forward? Uh, I think so. I think it's a great opportunity where, well, it was one that was brilliant that they brought people over from around the world. Like, so there's a lot of people who weren't competing at the championships who were brought over specifically for the medal ceremony. Uh, it gives them their moment. London, obviously, was a fantastic World Championships with big crowds, and uh, they got great receptions. It's just when you hear those stories of people getting them in airports and KFC or in corridors or, or in the post, you know, it's just uh, that's not what athletes deserve who've done the, done the job clean, and um, they deserve the opportunity to be out, up there and celebrated. So I, I think it's fair play. I think it's brilliant what they are doing. I'd like to see it continue. 
Um, I know, obviously, we've done it in the past. I remember Lindsay Sharp getting it once. Uh, I think it was a Glasgow indoors. Yeah. And it was presented to her there once. And I think um, if we can do it in front of home crowds or, or any championships, that would be brilliant. Well, we have another one coming up, don't we? The indoors in, in March. So we'll have to wait and see whether anyone else is open, open by then. Um, yeah. on, that, on, on that thought, I've actually been doing some detective work and going back to past championships to have a look and see what other medals you potentially could be due. Um, yeah. So I can see the Europeans in, in 2010... Um, Russia actually won, and we, I shouldn't say we, I was not involved in any, any way to perform. <laughs> you were. <laughs> UK, you UK came, came second. So there's mm-hmm. potential there for, for maybe more medals. Maybe Andy, Andy still needs to get on the phone. I, th- I think 2013 is pretty much set. Yeah. Uh, that's, um, they've been disqualified as far as I'm aware, but we haven't had any official contact on that. Um, 2010, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised again, but we ran so badly that day. <laughs> we, we should have won it anyway by a long way. We had second and third in the individual. and um, We had a great squad. It was a shame. We just ran really poorly that day. So, uh, uh, obviously, it'd be nice to, for everyone to get another, another an upgrade. Uh, and 2013, like people like Jamie Bowie, who ran, uh, he probably had a too short a career. And people like Nigel Levine, who are injured now, it's, they deserve those, uh, those medal opportunities. And if they can get up on the podium... That'd be brilliant. We are briefly interrupting this afternoon's anniversary games to recognise and to celebrate the achievement of Team GB's 4x400 metres men's relay team from the Beijing 2008 Olympics. They have been upgraded to the bronze medal position following the disqualification of the team previously placed third. It's so nice to hear um, from all those different people. And we forget how many of these people have missed medals at the time. Yeah. And it, it has a massive effect on their careers, like Goldie was saying. Yeah. Like maybe she overtrained a bit the next year and maybe she thought she needs to try hard when possibly she got injured. And possibly the boost of getting the bronze would have given her the self-confidence to just believe in what she was doing. Yeah. And who knows? It's all very well giving people medals now, and it's all um, very well testing and trying to get um, to catch people. But you've got to really feel for the athletes, and I think that often gets forgotten. It's all about booing athletes who, who cheated and campaigning to testing and that. But the human stories of the athletes that missed out, and sport is entertainment, and entertainment yes. is about emotion. And we really invest a lot into these athletes they invest even more, but like emotionally, we invest so much into them, which is why it means so much to us. And for someone like Goldie, who came fourth at the Olympics, and like they say, there's nowhere worse, um, she's not an athlete who um, was at the pinnacle. She was brilliant. She was very, like the British, she won, she won like 12 British championships. Yeah. A bronze Olympic medal for her would have made all the difference. And it's 10 years late that she gets it. 10 years of sponsorship, of more medals, of more promotion, and more um, appearances, all the rest of it. And you can't get that back. I mean, it, it potentially could have changed her whole life. And that's because Maria Abukamova decides to take copious amounts of drugs. I'm not saying that was a surprise when she got caught, was it? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, that was one of the more obvious drug tricks of all time. Um, yeah. The... What I found really interesting is that none of them actually know the procedure. 
Yeah. Because nobody seems to know Booker T. Jackson. I don't you know? think there is one. Like, no, and it's done, it was great that Martin said Andrew Steele really got the bit between his teeth and, yeah. and made sure to follow it through. But not everyone, not every athlete is that proactive. Um, but also, really, it's all different organisations. The Olympics. No, that's, that's exactly it. No, what, I, I looked into this a bit. I looked into this a bit, and what, how it happens is that the, um, be it the IWF or the IOC, whatever, they actually um, get in touch with the local organising committee. So in this case, it would be whatever UKA calling themselves these days. And then it's up to UKA to decide how the medals are uh, passed out to the individuals and that. And I think different that countries around the world are doing different things and different, different timelines. But didn't Goldie say it was the British Olympic Association? Yeah, yes, exactly. Even then, it's different organisations. Yeah, the British no, Olympic Association is not the same as Great British Athletics, is, and then European Athletics. Does, so who knows? And then it yeah. depends whether they whether the the person who's being caught appeals, whether they want to take it to the um, court of arbitration in sport. Yeah. It it's just it's a it's as a, as with a lot of things, it's just a massive big mess. Yeah, it, it is it is a total mess, and as you say, Goldie hasn't even got hers yet. Yeah. You know? um, and Jenny, as as I mentioned afterwards, has now got another medal. So she's been given, um, hasn't been given it, but she's, she is owed a bronze medal from 2009. I think I'm correct in saying that the other um, lady got that she got in the stadium... She got a bronze medal in 2009. No, from the relay. Oh, from the relay. From the oh, relay. God. So she, she ran the heat of the relay in 2009. Right. Um, I think the other girls got the medal at the um, World Championship, but I think yeah. because Jenny did the heats and wasn't in the actual final... Oh, um, she couldn't stand on the podium. Yeah, I don't know if she couldn't or she or they forgot or whatever, but it turns out she's actually <laughs> owed that medal, which she hasn't now been given. Um, so she's owed that. But I think she's on like her fifth medal or something like that that's been sort of... Um, um, changed changed in some way. Um, yes. and it was an unfortunate great. event that she runs in because obviously with her it's been lots of Russian athletes and yeah. um, the female middle distance runners in Russia has always been strong so she's probably got the most unfortunate event. Alyssa Montano yeah. as well, she's had a good load of medals isn't she? Yeah, yeah. be interesting actually and maybe someone out there in, um, in Twitterland can work out, you know, has, has got a graph or something of who's, um, <laughs> who's been owed what and who's made the most much and who's got more to come. Because as Martin was saying, there may even be more, more to come. You know, we, just, we just don't know. And especially with that eight years, the eight or ten years they now spend um, where they can keep, um, yeah, keep testing. So it's great they can do that. You know, it means that people will keep getting medals reallocated many years later. But what is it they say, you know, justice delayed is justice denied or something. And that's, yeah. it definitely feels like that, doesn't it? Hello, Athletics aficionados. This is a very absent and thus deeply apologetic Claire, just interrupting briefly the musings of the Furlongs to let you know that we have a new competition winner. As you know, the majority of episodes include us reading out a review from one of our home straight homies, as it were, who has popped on iTunes, rate reviewed and subscribed to the podcast and as a way of expressing our gratitude for your continued support, we will send you some track and field themed goodies. This week's listener extraordinaire is none other than Jack Perriman4941, who left us a five-star review entitled The Best Athletics Chat Bar None and said the following... 
Whether reviewing the week's Diamond League meetings, confronting the issues in our sport, or debating the strongest relay quartets, teams should go with the Backstraight Boys Athletics Chat podcast is the one podcast you need to subscribe to. The boys and Claire are engaging and erudite in their wealth of athletics knowledge, which is apparent in their delivery. They talk to their A-star guests in a friendly catch-up way instead of a formal interview where answers can feel forced and put upon. All this is down to their passion as broadcasters and fans. Keep it up. Jack, we are blushing profusely, but not so much that we can't get in touch shortly and get some goodies to you. I will shut up and let the boys carry on with their rants and ravings. But thank you for listening and congratulations, Jack. I was reading an article on Track and Field News today about Russian testing and how um, they have given some of the testing back to, is it called Rosada, the Russian testing organisation? Right. And they've, in the last, um, since they've, I, don't, I mean, I don't know the timescale, but they've really stepped up the amount of tests they're doing both in and out of um, competition. They've done over 500 on Russian athletes, over nearly 2,700, over 2,700 on all sports. Athletics is the most, most tested. But I don't know how many that is compared to how many athletes Russia has, so I don't know if it's good or bad. But it feels like at least, there's a bit of effort being made. Um, mustn't forget it's not just Russia. Russia might have had the most egregious <laughs> cheating organisation, but there's many other countries there who are not properly testing or looking into the testing or don't have the proper structures. Maybe not all of yeah. them as um, deliberate as Russia. I think some of the, like Kenya and Ethiopia, um, they're they're slack, aren't they? slack and don't have the procedures in process. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing organised as well, but I don't think it's coming from the government. <laughs> I don't think it's coming from, from Vladimir Putin down. You know, no, and I think also a lot of these medal reallocations that we're specifically, specifically talking about now uh, from that very um, recent period, aren't they? So we're talking yeah. sort of 2008 to 2013, when it yeah. was mostly Russia, Russia, Russia. If we had been talking from, say, 2000 to 2008, it would all be America. Exactly. But, um, yeah, so we're kind of in that period, so we don't want to just blame Russians, as you say. It's, it's the most abusive recent times, but it's certainly not um, certainly not the, the only one. But at least going forward, hopefully they can continue this. We've got the World Indoor Championships in Birmingham in, um, in March. Um, there potentially could be more to be had there. We've also got a Commonwealth and a Europeans next year as well, haven't we? So if there's any Commonwealth or European medals that need to be reallocated, reallocated great. Yeah, at the time. Um, I just, just one last point about different countries. I mean, I know loads of people like to um, say everyone's on drugs and how dare we just complain about um, Russian athletes. It's obvious that British athletes are taking drugs as well. I personally don't think that's particularly true. I'm not saying no British athletes have ever taken drugs. But it was very, I thought, amusing the other day to find out that a British athlete had been caught for drugs. And, um, <laughs> and we all went, Who? <laughs> like literally never heard of her one second I'm just looking at what her name was she's a javelin well. she won the British Championship well, Jeff, got... I, I actually tweeted Goldie saying you got another upgrade because Goldie came uh, Goldie, <laughs> Goldie came second to her <laughs> so I, I mean gold. seriously she had her best I, can't, I still can't find her name her be, PB was 57.44 this year she'd she thrown 53 metres so if you're taking drugs and you throw 53 metres I mean really turn it in it's like what was it Bernice oh Bernice yes yes uh, I know exactly who you mean and I can't remember her surname but yeah she, she, got, she got an extra band because she was a role model we're like <laughs> <laughs> This is the level of um, teaching in Britain. It's, it's very amusing. <laughs> but there's, also, 
there's always that moment, isn't there, where you hear there's been a drug, um, someone's been caught, and all excited, who could it be? And if you hear it's a British one, we're like, oh, my God, and you're racking your brains with their big PBs. And it turns out to be, like, you know, some complete nobody, which, you know, is to be thankful for. Let, 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 thank you for that, because we didn't want it to be someone, um, a, a big name. Um, no, I think we can be relatively sure. I, again, I'm not saying no British drugs, people are on drugs. I've had my suspicions over the years about 20 people. Yeah, but I think we can be sure that of the the teams or the countries in the world who are doing the, the best they can, we're up there. And I think, you know, yeah. sort of Germany seems to be pretty good and, you know, the, the Scandinavian countries, etc. So I, I, I'm by no, by no means, you know, taking it for granted, but I, I think we're pretty, you know, um, pretty safe to say that we're, we're one of the better countries. Um, just, just wait one second. Her name was Joe Blair. So thanks, Joe Blair, for giving us some lulls. Yeah, some lulls. Hi, my name is Tim Collins, and you are listening to The Backstreet Boys. Such a professional. Whatever, man. Quick thing, I just wanted to drop in. I, when I was speaking to Martin before, um, there was something I noticed um, this season, and I quickly asked him about it. So let's just hear what he had to say. I was in a couple of stadiums, and I heard what I thought was booing, and I didn't know why people were booing. And it turned out they weren't booing at all. They were shouting, Rooney! <laughs> when, did, when did that start? Um, obviously, Wayne Rooney has the chant when he plays and he scores at Man United. They always did the Rooney chant. Uh, and actually, they did it in my semi-final in 2012, and I bricked it. <laughs> it was so loud that I realised that the whole crowd was just looking at me, and uh, I was in decent enough shape. But uh, all I felt, instead of like focusing on my race, I focused on my I was focusing on my start, and uh, I, I, yeah, I completely messed up the rest of the race. I just didn't want to full start the race. Um, so then this year, when it actually happened in the relay, I was ready for it, and I was so excited. And when I heard it, like, it's one of those things you concentrate when you're running, you ignore everything, but that was too loud to ignore. I, I reckon the two guys ahead of me were probably bricking it as well when they heard it. So, no, it was, it was cool. But it's, it's, it's cool to have your, your own little chance, isn't it, in the athletics world? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think uh, any kind of crowd uh, appreciation or interaction is what we need in the sport. It's obviously what they're trying to aim for now. Um, so if we can have a Rooney chant or if we get some some more chance for some like Langford or something like that. We've got to find one for him. Well, like you know, we'll, we'll put it out to our, our followers and we'll, we'll see out to our listeners and see if anyone can come up with some some other you team team GB um, um, chance for the, the yeah, next, yeah. next season. So thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you at the Europeans and the Commonwealth next year. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think everyone should have a chant for themselves. They should, shouldn't they? We should really think <laughs> of some athletics ones. I'm sure they do it a lot in football and other sports, but like. Um, it's really good to get behind people. Have you got any ideas at all? Well, I obviously don't know about any other sports, so I couldn't comment. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't co- comment on football. I'd have to have a little think, but I think probably there are some cleverer people than us out there who can come up with some better chance than we can. I think so too. So let's throw it out to our listeners. Um, tweet us back. Um, so we want um, athletics chance, chance for the British team. It doesn't have to be the British team, you know, but anyone that we might be cheering on in the next year. Um, so tweet us at Backstreet Boys. Um, with your tweets, and we'll read them out next time. Who comes up with the and best idea? What we have to try and do is get everyone to do them at the World Indoors. Absolutely, but we'll all be there, <laughs> won't we? All the Atleticos. So we can start. We can start from get, getting people used to what they're going to get for the rest of their rest of their um, careers. Um, so send us send awesome, some. If we can get if we can like if we can just come up with even one chat that we can get everyone to do. Yeah, we're trying to try best. So we'll, I hope right. you're listening. So tweet us in your best ideas, and then there may be, you know, maybe we can come up with a prize for the, the best one, or the one that catches on, the one that we, we choose to, to take into next season. Um, anything else you want to tell us about, Jody? The, the only other thing I wanted to talk about was there, there was a 
um, I saw it on Facebook, it probably went out on all other kinds of medias as well, um, from Charlene Thomas, who retired this week. Right. I, I know she wasn't like a really big name in, in athletics on the world world stage, but I really liked Charlene Thomas. I thought she, like, um, tactically she was brilliant um, when, when she was fit and able, and I just thought like, she was just unlucky. She won the British Championships in 2009. She beat Steph Twell and um, I think it was Hannah England um, and got to go to the World Championships in Berlin and she lost a shoe and she was in great form that year and it, that's when Lisa Debrissi got the silver, wasn't it? And Natalie um, Rodriguez won after she'd pushed over. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, yeah, we were there, yeah. weren't we? It yeah. wasn't like a massive high-quality race and I just thought she was one of those athletes who could have sneaked, sneaked to bronze in yeah. 1,500 metres. Maybe not now because it's got a bit of sane in the 1,500 metres. But that year she was um, she lost a shoe in the heat. In 2011, she won the European Cup but she didn't have to qualify to actually get to the championship so she couldn't go. And then she had loads of injury problems in housing in um, uh, 2016. She qualified um, for the European Championships and got disqualified. She was in funny form as well, so she she kind of trailed in last, but got, it was on that funny... Tr- anyway, she just had a lot of bad luck. She was yeah. very talented, but what I was really happy to see was she put in her message. She was very happy with what she'd done in her career. She wasn't a great junior. She worked really, really hard with her husband, who's also her coach. Um, she's really pleased to have won the European Cup, to be a British champion, to have ranked in the world's um, top 20. And she's very satisfied with her career. So that's lovely to hear. She's going to um, start doing some coaching now, which is, I think, also brilliant because um, we need more female coaches. Um, yeah. there's, there's not, I mean, it's getting more, isn't it? Kelly's, um, Kelly's um, Southerton's now coaching, Julie Holman. Christine Bloomfield, there are there are a, a, a few female coaches out there, and it's really important that we get more. And I just wanted to say thanks to Shireen Thomas because, especially for that European Cup win, when we were screaming at, at the TV, um, and it's that kind of athlete who just adds a little bit of something to the trials. She's the kind of person you know could just nip in and, and beat people, and it it's not all about winning Olympic gold medals. She's actually what makes athletes athletics great, and what makes us really enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally, totally agree with you. She's someone who I always saw on a start list and got a bit excited for. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So it's really, it's really good, as you say, that she's she's ending, you know, ending satisfied with her career. Um, so that's a really good shout out. Good, good job picking that up. That's us done for this week, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah. Now, can we say a big thank you to Claire, who has been um, as always. away, put, as always, yeah, <laughs> away putting, putting the episode together. Um, hopefully, the whole gang should be back in town um, in the next couple of weeks. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning in, and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. As Kim Collins and Sally Pearson so ably put it earlier on in this week's episode, you have been listening to a Backstraight Boys and Girl production. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes or whichever podcast platform you are currently using. And check back next Wednesday when I've got a special interview with the wonderful Ali Dixon lined up. Thank you. Thank you.